audible, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, band of 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up today. You heard? <laughs> hey Jay, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything Is Portable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined as always by the kid, the god himself, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter for the Athletic, and the Celtics lose Game Four tonight. I believe the score was 100 to 93, if I have that correctly. Uh, that is correct. Absolutely correct. The Celtics um, shot 20% from three point land, seven of 35, and they just did not look that great tonight. Had a number of uh, turnovers, a lot of sloppy play. And the Raptors, on the other hand, shot quite well from distance. Actually, Decent from distance, uh, 38%, 17 to 45, but a huge impact on the offensive uh, glass. Got a lot of putback points, and now the series is tied 2-2. I don't know about you, Jay. This just felt like a, a the Celtics didn't make a lot of shots, and then after that didn't, didn't react well, but it was still kind of a close game. I think Celtics fans are really freaking out right now because the series is tied, but it, I think it just highlights how important the Game 3 loss was. I don't know. Am I delusional that this was just like kind of a, a normal kind of basketball loss? This is why you don't fuck up game three. I mean, it that's, that's lights that, yeah. Because you, you're going to have a night when the three-pointers don't fall. There's th- Three-point shooting was atrocious. Jalen Brown, two for 11, and he had the best percentage from three of all the Celtics starters. Kemba Walker only took nine shots. Jason Tatum only took, I believe, six three-pointers. Um, so they need more from Kemba. They need Tatum to start launching threes to find threes against the Raptors. There have been a couple games where he hasn't taken a ton of threes. They just need more. Um, and they're like one of the first plays of the game. There was a Toronto had a shot. Kemba just looks at it. Tice just looks at it. Tatum just looks at it. I think it was Lowry comes in and scoops a rebound. It felt like there were too many moments like that for the Celtics throughout the game. They they weren't sharp. And I know Jalen's going to take a lot of heat because he was bad. He missed shots. He let Siakam do some things to him for really the first time all series. But the whole team just just did not have it. And then the Raptors make teams do that. The Raptors are really tough to score against. They're really tough to play against. Celtics weren't good. They were the, not good. 
The Raptors did a very good job, I think, of getting the ball out of Jason Tatum's hand. We saw them go to double teams early tonight. Really, we're trapping him hard. I thought he did a good job managing that, passing the ball. Frankly, like uh, Jalen Brown missed, I think, five open threes in the corner. Uh, Marcus Smart was not great from three. Uh, They didn't have a lot of other guys. This was a game where you really kind of missed the scoring of Gordon Hayward. Um, I thought the the Raptors did a good job of switching up their defensive coverages, starting kind of going in with a box and one to start the fourth quarter. The thing that's wild is that despite – kind of how poorly the Celtics played, especially on the offensive end and, and um, not being able to get defensive rebounds. They were still within striking this distance in this game. They cut the game to within six within the fourth quarter. Uh, it was in five, like down the stretch. They actually shot the ball, which is insane, uh, a better percentage than uh, the Raptors. Raptors didn't did. even re- reach 40%. No, the Raptors were not like the Raptors made 17 threes and the Celtics only made, let me check it out, seven. So it's really tough to win a game when the, the three point differential is that. But the Celtics did a good job of getting to the line. And I think they played solid defense. It was just like wasn't their game and they just weren't sharp. And you heard some of the talk after the game. It's uh, Tatum said it seemed like the uh, Raptors wanted it more. Um I think that kind of like these games, I feel like happen. It's just it goes back to highlight why you can't let that happen in game three, because, you know, there's a huge difference between being up three one versus being tied two two. I don't think the the Raptors did anything uh, amazing on the offensive end. We saw um, Pascal Siakam get it going a little bit, um, but he was still two of 13 from deep uh, and took 23 shots tonight to get 23 points. Serge Ibaka was killer tonight, uh, four of four from deep, but it was just a rough game for the Celtics because, uh, and to use a classic Brad analogy, when they were trying to get back in the game, there was not consistent plays on the offensive end where they could string points together. They were getting stops. They were had with like had chances to kind of get back in this game, but they really couldn't seem to get out of their own way, especially just dumb plays in transition where they would get a stop. And then Marcus smart would try to go one on four or Tatum would attack the rim. And it's just uh, also like one on three. It just didn't seem like they had that much composure um, despite doing things that kind of kept them in the game. They can never really put it together to get them over the, over the edge. Yeah. I thought game four tonight was, just an illustration of how badly the Celtics could use Gordon Hayward. I thought there were times when the lack of shooting really stood out. Like the Raptors are leaving Shimmy Ojale. They're leaving Grant Williams and they're forcing those guys to make shots. And there were a few times Tatum made nice passes to Ojale and the Raptors are like, all right. Like, so they, they, they're able to shade off those guys so hard. Um, that it's just it makes it really tough to score easy points unless you count like an Ojale three an easy point and that I probably wouldn't. Um, he's a he's a decent three point shooter, but the Raptors will live with that. The uh, and then down six third quarter, Brad Stevens goes Kemba Walker, Brad Wanamaker, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, and Jalen Brown. It did not work. (laughs) Deficit goes to 11 really quickly. And, and that, that's like, that's a moment where you need one more of your guys. And obviously the Celtics, they were trying to rest a couple guys. They were trying, they played their starters big minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't like they were pulling a Mike Budenholzer, like (laughs) all, all their starters played 40 minutes, except for Jalen, who was in first half foul trouble. So, 
like you, there's just nothing you can really do. You're going to have stretches where you need to play a few of those guys and having, not having Hayward, especially against this Raptors defense makes it really tough to squeeze out those points, especially when the Celtics aren't sharp. Yeah. And the thing that was interesting about that sequence you mentioned in the third quarter was that it was, their offense was not great. I think Wanamaker had a layup there, um, but that's really just, uh, a tough, tough lineup to have Grant and Time Lord out there. Uh, two non-shooters is like it makes it so easy for this uh, Raptors to put out a zone. But what killed the Celtics there was it was basically three straight threes by Toronto in three consecutive possessions, and two of them was just Fred Van Vliet driving, kicking to Lowry, and relocating. Uh, I think on the second one, Kemba looked like completely lost, uh, and then basically that was it. Like that. They still managed to get back within uh, six points with nine minutes left in the game. I just, um, it's just, they, nothing was, nothing was smooth and nothing was easy down the stretch. Um, And I'm not really sure what, like, the exact adjustments the Celtics can make. I mean, we got uh, a danger card out here screaming because Brad wasn't, didn't play more Time Lord. Um, Time Lord only played two minutes in the second half. I thought he was pretty solid, but I don't know if that necessarily changes the offense. I know the numbers will say, and the offensive rating will say that Time Lord's better, but it's just, I don't know. I think it depends on Kemba Walker taking more shots. He took one pull-up three in the fourth quarter. It didn't go down, but it felt like they could have done a lot more to get him the ball and get him just trying to get going because the, the Raptors were doing everything in their power to get the ball out of Tatum's hands, and that feels like an opportunity where Kemba needs to step up, and just nine shots is not acceptable. I felt like the Celtics really felt the Raptors in this one, if that makes sense. Like, those are some tiring, tiring minutes, and those are some tough, tough dudes to play against. I thought there were a few moments when Tatum especially just looked gassed. Like, when he, when he had the chase after the loose ball – and was just like laying there in front of the scorer's table. There was another play where he went in the lane, got hit, and was just like like sitting down, and I felt like he was just trying to get a breather. I, I think they're very physically taxing minutes in this series, and I, I think that goes for both teams. I think the Raptors' guards somehow just keep don't going. Don't get tired. They just don't, they don't tire whatsoever. They just they, keep going. They played 44 minutes for Lowry. I think it was 45 for Van Vliet. Didn't sit in the second half, like just didn't come out yeah. of the game, which is and, wild. And they just they just keep coming and coming. And so I think the Celtics felt that tonight. And and I, I don't think that was the only reason that they didn't score, but it, it felt like the the physicality of those minutes kind of caught up to them a little bit. Yeah, they weren't it, it felt like that is one of the major things that prevented them from getting back into the game. And you saw Marcus Smart trying to kind of hustle and flop his way back in. He had a like big offensive rebound uh late, but like he was just trying to do everything. But Jalen Brown really struggled tonight. You kind of have to commend him for shooting his way through it. I know Celtics fans were flipping out that he took like a bunch of threes late, but those were open shots and open threes that Jalen Brown, if the Celtics are going to succeed, he needs to take them and probably make them, but he needs to continue taking them. But it did feel like the the hustle points and kind of like the the effort meter was tilted towards Toronto and it just prevented the Celtics from ever really getting back in this game and getting it closer than uh six points. Now, I don't so, think I don't think the hustle point was like as bad as they said it was. Like they all said they got out hustled, they got out battled. Like the Raptors shot 39.5%. Even though it felt like they had a million offensive rebounds, they had eight. 
It's just but they, they turned all of those into points. It scored every time. So it was like kind of deflating offensive rebounds more than just a ton of offensive rebounds. So the, it was it was like the the Raptors they were just more opportunistic, I guess, and they they capitalized on every every time the Celtics gave them a chance like they capitalized and the Celtics just missed a ton, ton, ton of threes. When when they go, f- when their starters are five for twenty nine from three, that's just really, really tough on them because they're not going to get many threes from the rest of the bench. And and we've known that all along that those guys have a ton of pressure to do all the scoring, to do all the playmaking, to do all of it, and if when when they have rough nights, then the, there's nowhere else for the Celtics to get it from. Whereas the Raptors tonight got some from Serge Ibaka. They, they got some from, from some of the other guys. Um, and, and that like, Ananobi hit a couple of threes. Like a guy's a killer, man. That guy, oh, man, you just don't want to see the ball swung to him. It felt like every Raptors. You shot, only think that because he hit the one game winner. Absolutely. And I was about to say this, it feels like, there's a major, I know momentum is not a thing in the analytics world. It's not proven to be true, but it felt like every time the Raptors hit a big shot or something happened, it's like, oh, fuck, I wish game three didn't happen. And it felt like those Celtics were kind of playing in that same way where they re- did not react to adversity well. Maybe uh, there's some hangover. They didn't say it was. They obviously shouldn't be, but it definitely felt like there was some just just like the the juju, the, the the magic was definitely in the Raptors' favor. It felt like they were playing with more, I guess you, you did, like I said, energy earlier, but it just felt like they were capitalizing on their opportunities where the Celtics had a number of opportunities, and you have to credit the Celtics, I think, for creating those opportunities and still remaining and playing good defense and actually, I think, creating open shots. They just didn't, for, every reason, for whatever reason, it just didn't look like they had it going. And I think, like, I don't know how much I'm reading this into this, and this is a major, major professional sports fan right here. But like reading into body language, it, like Jalen looked pretty off in the first quarter, first half. He looked he pretty was smacking himself in the head after one missed three. He was pretty upset with himself, and Brad was pretty upset with him on a couple of defensive miscues. But he was just didn't look like he was that confident in his shot. He like had was then had that wild spin move going into Lowry. It just looked like the Celtics were uh, deflated and. Naturally, I'm going to do some post hoc ergo propter hoc logical fallacy because that happened. Post hoc ergo propter hoc. What Uh, in the fuck is that? It's a logical fallacy when you believe that because B occurred after A, that A caused B. And so uh, that's some law school shit there, Jay King. Uh, But I'm going to believe like there had to be some sort of hangover, but I still think the Celtics played decent basketball they just didn't convert like they put themselves in a position but nothing went through the net and like they still played solid defense uh but the raptors were just more oppor- opportunistic and like were able to convert there and so we'll we got a series hunting over here sometimes things happen um but uh we got a series now best two out of three tied two two going back to bubble toronto and you know what it's gonna be very interesting because i think the celtics are certainly capable of hanging with the raptors i think they may start making threes. They make threes. They basically what happens in game one. They I think they like have a or easier path to victory. They don't make threes. It's kind of a, a scrappy uh, fight like it was basically in games two, three, and four. This was absolutely their worst shooting night, and so that's why uh, they played so bad. But you know what? 
you got to have to follow uh, Brad. Maybe take some um, some walks of uh, what do they call it? Uh, the the walk of sanity. The walk of sanity. I think all of Celtics Nation needs to collectively, either tonight or tomorrow, uh, go on a walk of sanity. And I think that's the perfect segue into the the potable six pack. That's right. Me and Jay King are going to pick the six best moments from uh this Celtics game although it was an ugly game and I think I have to I'm going to lead off right there and take the first pick Brad Stevens talking about his walk of sanity his daily walk of sanity in the bubble is just absolutely hilarious but it's also kind of sad because with the with the occurring storyline that coaches are allowed no family in the bubble like this is the only time that like Brad has to like I guess clear his mind because otherwise he's just completely being the manager of the entire Celtics but referring to it as a walk of sanity is uh, is is hilarious. I, you just got to put it that it's funny. It's it's just <laughs> tough. It's just tough when when you're taking walks for sanity. And I feel like that he doesn't get away from basketball much during the playoffs. He said he doesn't even have enough time to watch other playoff games, which is wild. Which means he he's doing all his time just preparing, and then he gets one walk, just one walk to be by himself. To to enjoy the nature, to say hello to Nick Nurse riding riding by on his bicycle, just just the the walk of Sandy. All right, I'm going with Shemi Ojale's reverse layup attempt. Oh my! <laughs> it was electric. It was he was trying to recreate Doctor J. It was he flew from one side to the other like he had the most hang time in world history and he does have a huge vertical that he doesn't really use very often but i wasn't prepared for him to to go full dr j and he he plays with the confidence of a man who is a much more talented at basketball and just to attempt that i I don't want to hurt him but like i'm not not hurt but i don't want to like disparage him but he like the gumption it takes to try to attempt that layup is absurd um well it's, and, it's weird because sorry go ahead no i was go ahead it's your it's your first pick in the potable six pack it's it's weird because shemmy's role now is to be a spacer like th- they use him to space the court and so they want him to shoot when he's like before he would really pass up threes in in previous years now he's out there because of his shooting because i i think grant williams is typically more cerebral, like does some other things, but Shemmy's a better shooter. And so that's why he's out there and he's, he's trying to make plays. So caught that. That was a bullet pass from Jason Tatum across the court before that. And I think he passed up the open shot and then the open layup just to go reverse. And uh, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was, it brought joy to my face. That was a moment of joy uh, from this game. Your your second, second pick. You talked about it a little bit. Jalen shooting through it. Jalen shooting Loved through it. it. The one Loved possession it. specifically that I'm drafting, the one where he missed two from the same spot on the same play. Wide open looks. Wide that was, open. That was when your heart just kind of went out to him a little bit. Like this, this he still hadn't made a three in the game at that point. He ended up hitting a, a couple late ones. But it was like, oh, man. It's it's just like, a damn. This, you started yeah. to feel a little sympathy for him at that point. Before it was all right. Jalen's not feeling it. Jalen doesn't really have it. And then it was like, oh man, poor Jalen. 
that play was where it swung for me. Yeah, but then the next possession down, he gets a random look because OG slips on the floor. Real slippery floor tonight. I'm not. That's going to be an honorable mention. Slippery floor. But uh, then he slips on the floor and knocks it down. You mentioned it earlier. He had the best percentage of all the starters. Made the most threes out of any Celtic in the game, which is insane for how bad he shot. Uh, but yeah, shooting through it. Celtics Twitter was very upset when he shot both of those threes, but that's exactly what he needs to do. And I'm so glad he shot through it. Um, I'm going to combine him for for my second pick. It's just uh, Nick Nurse Slander. Um, I've been struggling all series to try to figure out why his whiny face pisses me off so much. And I, I think I, I settled on tonight. He's a Karen. He's a total Karen. He's an ask to speak to your manager guy. The manager happens to be the referees. And he's just a whiny dude. And uh, I'm glad I figured it out tonight. I landed on it tonight. So I feel good about myself um, for landing that. And I said that and I got about 18 crying emojis from Millie's on it. So that's how you know it was a good tweet. That uh, <laughs> you have no response. Is, the Millie's the Millie's stamp of approval <laughs> weighs a lot over here. That carries a lot of weight. And to go on with Nick Nurslander, there's a, was a good four minute stretch where he was just squatting in the corner. Like there was tr- like a number of basketball plays, and he was just squatting like he was a catcher. It was very bizarre, and I don't know what was happening there, and it was just confusing to me. And now that he's become public enemy number one in my brain, um, I notice these type of things, and so. I'm going to combine that into my second pick with just regular Nick Nurslander. My third pick, this is just a fun moment. Um, Kemba went from, at some point, I think it was early in the third quarter, uh, he got the ball stripped by Lowry, and he went for, uh, just screaming at the ref, just like over the uh, inbounds line, just screaming at the ref, calling the call. The ref is like, go back down the court, and then Kemba immediately just goes back to laughing and smiling. And I was just like, that's that's the perfect embodiment of Kemba Walker. Just goes immediately back to smiling. His default position is smiling. Uh, you got to like that dude. Plus, he was wearing a cool bucket hat after the game. <laughs> he did have a bucket I feel like you can't wear a bucket hat after a loss. No, like, no, no. Yabu taught us that you can wear a bucket hat at any time. No, no. You cannot wear a bucket hat after a loss. I, I feel like you got to just put that put that aside. Put it on after the Zoom call ends. Like, you don't bring the bucket hat to the podium after a loss. You swag in there with a bucket hat after a W for You sound sure. like a guy who's never worn a bucket hat before. Bucket hat is a lifestyle. You can't turn it on and off. Oh, it's I used to new. be a bucket hat ass <laughs> motherfucker, man. Bring it back. Bring back the bucket hat for the next pod. Um, all right. I'm going to go with two classic Marcus Smart plays. He could sense that it was desperation time. And in transition, he just jumped in front of a Raptor and tried to sell it as an offensive foul. It was fantastic. It was Marcus (laughs) Smart. And then the other one that I'm drafting, I'm kind of tying these two together, is the free throw sequence where he beat the Raptor to an offensive rebound and a free throw, got the Celtics an and one, and then acted like he was hurt, might have actually been hurt, then just stood up and just wrestled with Serge Ibaka on the very <laughs> next free throw two seconds later. So it was it was a very Marcus Smart end to the game, even though it didn't go the Celtics way. It's unfortunate because the Celtics and Marcus Smart usually plays much better uh, after he's in tremendous pain. But like I think that play came with 30 seconds left. Yeah, they didn't have much time to generate the the pain push that he normally goes on. 
Yep, and that was the kind of the Celtics' night tonight. They just didn't have anything clicking despite, um, you know, playing decent basketball on the defensive end. Uh, shooting 20% of, from three-point land, it's just you're never going to win a game like that. Getting out shots 17-7 to seven from three-point land, you're never going to win a like, game like that. And so we got a tie ball game, folks. Uh, 2-2, heading back to bubble Toronto. Uh, it's time to... it's. A whole new, a whole new set of basketball. Let's see if the Celtics can change their momentum and change their juju. Uh, our momentum, our juju, is still riding strong. I feel like this is a very good episode. A strong and so, juju. Um, we'll continue to be here no matter what happens with the Celtics throughout the playoffs. Uh, if you're watching here live on Periscope or listening to the podcast, please continue to do so. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of. That dance move is disgusting, man. Why you got to do that?